time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, August 13th, 2020. Thank you for joining us today on this fine Thursday morning or whenever you are listening to this podcast. We appreciate the support and your listenership. We continue to grow here on the Get Home Safe podcast. It's been a great week of shows. First two, of course, were kind of real handle prep related, my alma mater, in talking to uh, or about, I should say, my uh, coach from Real Hondo Prep back when I was there, who's been there a long time, as well as his daughter the following day, Tawny Drain, who uh, was a pretty nice uh, story uh, regarding her kind of medical journey the past few months. And of course, Wednesday, who else would we have on the show? Other, None other than Mr. Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Bill was all excited yesterday about some of the breaking news that was going on on Tuesday. So it was a lot of fun sitting and chatting with him. Nice long episode. And we talked some politics. We talked some sports. It was a great time. And I think it's uh, something that's always fun to do with Bill Barnes uh, every single Wednesday. But every show this week has been uh, an absolute blast to put out so far. And I'm looking forward to the remaining two we have here uh, on Thursday, today, and on Friday. Uh, just a few things today, guys. First off, our guest on the program today is going to be Max Hernandez. Max and I used to officiate high school football together. Max also officiates some college football at the junior college level. Uh, he's a huge Rams fan, so we'll talk a lot about that. You know, I love my my uh, Rams fans. Uh, there's only so few of us. And uh, it's just fun ch- chatting with him. He's been a season ticket holder since the Rams uh, came back to Los Angeles. So we're definitely going to talk some Rams football, maybe talk about the new stadium uh, and a lot of football officiating. I-, I know that high school and college football is kind of getting pushed back here in California to the spring months. But we're still going to cover a lot of it and maybe share some memories about working together as well. Uh, Max is a fun guy. He's been involved in the Foothill Citrus Football Officials Association a long time. He's had different uh, positions in the uh, the board and and uh, you know all throughout his time there. And so we get a lot of uh, high school and college football officiating to talk about, and also share some just some some fun stories and chat and uh, you know just catch up since it's been a long time. So looking forward to you guys hearing that episode or that interview, I should say, today here in the next few minutes. Uh, a few things on my mind today. Uh, Bill and I covered a lot of the breaking news yesterday with, um, you know, college football being kind of uh, on the move, on the uh, adjusting it, if you will. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten saying they are not going to play in the fall. That's left the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 kind of uh, holding everything together. It looks now uh, as of uh, Wednesday, late Wednesday, that the Big 12 is planning to move forward and play football also with the SEC and ACC, not together, mind you, but in their conferences. And it brings up a lot of interesting discussions. It really does. There's a whole lot of elements to this. Uh, I, I am uh, I, I am not the person in the room making the decisions. So uh, 
it's hard to me for me to be too critical, but it's going to be very interesting when you got two conferences at home that are sitting there not playing. And uh, as of today, August 13th, that uh, those other three power conferences are going to be playing. So we'll see still about a month, month and a half away from uh, actually playing football. But I know with everything kind of building up to it, the practices, the scrimmages, the, uh, you know, all the different uh, medical testing they're going to have to do. It's going to be a very different season one way or another. And I think it it's very similar to a lot of the seasons we've seen currently with the baseball uh, baseball season, the NBA bubble, the NHL bubble, uh, the NFL is, is uh, planning to go on as scheduled. So it's going to be interesting, but I think the schools that that uh, do push forward for a season this year. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good thing. I think the country needs more sports right now. I really do. So we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, interesting show with Bill yesterday. If you haven't heard it uh, and you're uh, not easily offended, <laughs> we'll say uh, go, go in there and check that out at, and uh, listen to Bill Barnes. And he's here every single Wednesday. I've also had those other two episodes, like I said, that were very good. Uh, the Ken Drain um not interview, but tribute on Monday has really gotten a lot of plays and I've gotten a lot of good feedback about that. Uh, having around 50 different players from the past chime in and uh, give their 60 second message to uh, Mr. Drain was, was a lot of fun to do. Well, anyway, uh, hard knocks. I don't know how many fans out there, uh, NFL fans, mind you like hard knocks, but hard knocks uh, had their first episode on Tuesday and this year, they're doing something a little bit different. Hard Knocks usually follows one NFL team for their training camp. They do it every year. It's just kind of behind the scenes, and it's week to week. There's usually five episodes. They start early on in training camp, follow the team through their preseason games, cameras behind the scenes. You hear everything, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's been going on a long time. HBO has done a really good job with that uh, that show every year. Anyway, this year they did something different with both the Rams and the Chargers opening a new stadium here in Los Angeles uh, and not being too far apart from each other. They decided to do two teams, uh, the Chargers and the Rams this year. So that was very unique as well. Uh, The fact that training camp is open and, uh, you know, it's this COVID time. It's uh, it's it's very different, you know, seeing players having to spread out, having to wear masks, kind of doing walkthroughs, basically. Uh, in the first episode, it was very interesting. And, you know, Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers, he had COVID at one point, not uh, not recently, but he, he was talking to his players about the experience of having it. Uh, coach Sean McVay of uh, my Los Angeles Rams, just a ball of energy that guy is. But uh, it was interesting to see, uh, again, a different uh, look to hard knocks, not just with two teams, but the fact that it's a very different upcoming football season and all this COVID testing going on every single day, uh, so far, so good. I think one Ram uh, picked up COVID and they quarantined him. So it, it's interesting. Again, I'm going to keep using that word, I think, here in the next few months as we get closer to football season. And with Cal- uh, high, high school football in California being moved and junior college football in California being moved, and now the Pac-12 uh, and the Mountain West Division One conferences, now that being moved uh, out of the fall as well, that there's just less options for us uh, Californians and people on the West Coast. So I think there's going to be a lot more interest uh, and investment into the NFL. And again, that could all change. You never know where uh, you know some of the the different protests and policies that the uh, the league or the teams uh, might uh, take take part in, where that could drive away fans. So again, I keep saying that. Um, 
that you got to be careful with some of the, some of the things you do, but uh, as far as kind of what you promote as a league, as a team, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I can't say another word other than that, but with all these changes to the football season, especially out here on the West coast, man, it's uh, uh, I'm trying to embrace everything I can. I was definitely watching hard knocks on Tuesday night and trying to, kick off the football season, if you will, even though it was just kind of watching them do some walkthroughs, watching them get their temperature taken, and then listening to each coaches, each coaching staff kind of talk about how the season's going to be different. But one thing Anthony Lynn said, and I thought it was really well said, and you could use this almost any anytime uh, during any season, any uh, football season, any season for, for any level, really. But there's 32 teams in the NFL, and he told his guys, he said, you know what, guys? Somebody is going to do this, handle all this better than the other 31 teams. One team is going to do it better than the other 31 teams. Why can't they, that be us? I was like, man, that's a simple way to look at it, but that's like, that's perfect. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. Excited about the NFL coming. I know it's going to be different. I know there's kind of this attack on sports opening up, especially football, but it sounds like the NFL is moving forward with or without fans. They, they eliminated the preseason, so it's just going to be a lot of training camp. And I'm looking forward to Hard Knocks Episode 2 next Tuesday. Should be a lot of fun and a, a good way to kind of look at football and uh, get the season and the, get the ball rolling, if you will. The NHL playoffs, man, look, if you're not a hockey fan, and I wasn't a huge one at one point, I've kind of gradually became a bigger fan. Man, I encourage you, check out some of the games. Check, I mean, it's it's great competition. Uh, the playoffs are just amazing. It's down to 16 teams now. So basically eight uh, first round uh, matchups in the West and the East. I believe it's a five game series. I think it's a five game series. I could be wrong for this round. But anyway, uh, the other day, man, what was it? Tuesday, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning played a five overtime game uh, for game one of their series. And it was Tampa Bay who uh, ultimately won the game three to two, but man, the game went like six hours and uh, it's, <laughs> that's just incredible. Just uh sheer, uh, you know, kind of battle, battle of will and, and kind of a war of attrition, if you will, <laughs> from a hockey playoff standpoint. So that was pretty cool. And just hockey in general, we are getting, so we're getting four or five playoff games every single day. It, it's phenomenal. And uh, I think hockey works kind of to watch on TV without fans, at least playoff hockey. I understand, you know, not wanting to watch every game uh, like you would uh, football or even basketball. I guess kind of baseball is that way too, where you kind of don't watch every game. But in this current stage we're in, <laughs> I, it, it definitely works. And I think hockey's done a really good job. I don't agree with everything they've done, but I think they're putting out a really good product. It's definitely encouraged me to, to watch more hockey, and, and I'm watching it. Man, every games are starting at noon here on the West Coast, and so we're getting like four or five games a day, all uh, all spread out, so you can watch each one. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It is really awesome. I know people have other jobs and stuff to do as well, but I encourage you if you're looking for some good competition, maybe something a little bit different than uh, you know Dodger baseball or uh, you know the NBA or whatever. I think uh, the hockey playoffs are, are turning out really, really well. It's a really, really good product, and I'm gonna go watch some more games here as soon as I get done with this recording. Uh, Last thing I kind of want to talk about is another sport that uh, I've kind of had a uh, love-hate relationship with is uh, golf. And I've talked about golf a little bit on this program. I played on Monday, and I probably played the best I'd ever played. And you know how golf is. 
as soon as you start to love it a little bit, things start to go wrong. And it's like, oh no, why do, why do I do this? Why do I spend money to come out here in the hot sun and be mad at myself? It's like, why do I do this? And I kind of knew after playing well on Monday that I was like, you know what? Now I'm going to have a bad round. And I did. So there's a lot of the mental side of golf for sure. I think you can preach good fundamentals all you want, but so much of it is just the right approach. And for me, I try not to overthink my swings, but when you get in there sometimes, I'm just like, I got to swing, I swing too hard or I don't look at the ball or I, it's like, dude, you can't do all that. You got to pick like two or three things, focus on them and do them. And, uh, you know, not try not to get too discouraged because, uh, truth be told, I almost threw my, uh, various clubs. Uh, we were playing next to a freeway in Ontario and I almost threw my clubs, uh, multiple times onto the freeway, but I decided against it. I, I didn't think that was going to help anything. Uh, but golf is so funny. It's like, it, it, it sucks you in. And, and there's a lot of symbolism in it, I think, with, with life. Like you got to, you know, there's times you got to be smooth. There's times you got to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> be be a strategic, if you will. Like, okay, maybe I don't need to try to drive this ball 250. Maybe I need to hit it about 180 and uh, avoid some bunkers and stuff. And so I'm starting to get a little bit more into the strategy of golf, if you will. And uh, I know it's funny coming from me. When a few of you out there, including Max, <laughs> has played with me before and knows that uh, I have some of the worst swings and the worst mechanics and the worst drives uh, you've ever seen. But I'm, I'm improving a little bit at a time. I'm supposed to play in this tournament on Friday uh, with uh, some umpires and such down in uh, San Clemente. So I am hoping that there's been some improvement and that I can piece it together. Again, I'm not that greedy. I don't need to shoot any kind of super great score. I just want to kind of be in the mix. I'm good. You know, par golf is great, but if I'm, if I'm one over, uh, you know, if I hit my bogeys one over uh, each hole, I can live with that. That's, that's too, that's not too bad. You're, you're at least in the mix. I just want to hit it straight. Doesn't have to be that long. Just be in the mix, just a little bit, little, little here, little there. And then every now and then I get the itch to swing, swing hard and hit one far and uh, as soon as I do hit one far, that's probably not uh, not good for me because then I start thinking about hitting it far, and that's not good, as you know. So I'm going to stick with this whole golf thing. I'm going to keep pushing uh, forward with it, keep doing my best. Uh, it, it is it's a it's a weird game, man. It, I've never quite understood it because I'm like, okay, you got to be quiet. You got to you know why are you guys so passionate about you know when they do make a putt or something? I'm like, I don't quite get that. That doesn't seem like throwing a touchdown pass or you know, hitting a home run. Like I'm like, I don't, I don't get it, but started playing, started to be a little bit more serious about it. And, uh, it helps that my roommate is a golf caddy. So he, he likes to play. He has some good pointers and, uh, he, he's definitely helped me out a little bit. And I think on Monday I surprised him with, uh, with some of my play. And then Wednesday, I think I, I came back down to earth a little bit. So I'm hoping for a better round on Wednesday guys, but right. That's all we can do is, is show up the next day, try to swing a little better and uh, to live a little better. That's all we can do. So that's all I'm going to do uh, here in the upcoming uh, end of the week. But uh, let's get to our interview now with Max Hernandez. I'm sure he's chuckling now. He's, he's listening to this and uh, thinking to himself, man, I've played plenty of golf with Matt and uh, it's not pretty, uh, not pretty at all. And, and maybe some other football officials I've played with as, as well. But you know what, guys, I'm trying to get better. I think I am a little bit better. So I challenge you all 
to uh, play, play a little golf here soon. Give me a call. Give me a buzz. Let's make it happen. But let's get to the interview with Max Hernandez. Talk some football. Talk some refereeing. Talk some Rams football. We did record this uh, last week, I believe, the end of the week. Maybe it was Saturday. So just so you guys are aware of uh, kind of how our conversation is, it wasn't as recent. So uh, some of the recent news didn't quite make the conversation. But I thought I would definitely put this interview out here today on Thursday so that you guys could enjoy it. And uh, yeah, let's get right to it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our interview with Max Hernandez. Okay, joining us today is a good friend of mine from the football field as far as officiating goes. We've worked a lot of high school games together. He also officiates college football. Uh, My good friend, Max Hernandez, we share the same initials, and uh, that's not the only thing we we share as far as our outlook on on football and everything. But anyway, uh, Max is the GM of CNM Design Studios. Uh, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about football, his love of some of the LA sports teams as well. Talk about a lot of things, but let's welcome him first. Max Hernandez, welcome to the show. Hey, Matty, how are you? It's uh, nice to talk to you. It's been uh, far too long since we spoke, but uh, it's good to see you and good to talk to you. Oh, amen to that, man. It has been a long time. Uh, I say that about a lot of people here. And one thing that's cool, though, is as soon as you see him, as soon as you start talking, that uh, it feels kind of we're picking up right where he left off. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> hopefully not too much where I left off because usually when we're talking, there's a beer and a bar between us. So at least this part is a, a little bit more in our wheelhouse, maybe. So <laughs> well, yeah, we're typically just talking about what happened in a football game, just kind of, you know, breaking the game down, if you will. Uh, and there happens to be a, a beverage in front of us. That's, you know, for training purposes, really. Completely understandable. I know that I'm able to articulate my words a lot better if I'm drinking between every sentence. So yeah, I feel good about that. You know, Max, it's funny that, you know, this really goes in any sport as far as officiating goes and and it doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be anything really, but uh, you know, I've learned so much more in socializing with other officials uh, than I ever did in, in studying some rule book or, you know, maybe watching some film or whatever, but I think you learn so much from other officials, socializing, sharing a meal, sharing a drink, whatever, and either talking about what just happened in the game that night or, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, what's upcoming in talking about some previous games, at least in my experience. Absolutely. I think, um, and I only do, I did um, softball for just a year or two, but I'm just a football guy. But in football, I believe, it's really in that way, whereas we're usually in evening or night games um, for the most part. So there's a lot of camaraderie that goes on after the games. Almost all the games finish around the same time. So in my experience, there's been much more learning in the after party or the after place, wherever we get together, than there is in any classroom um, because it's still fresh in your mind. The things that you happened on the football field, good or bad, are things that you can talk about. And honestly, football guys are notoriously um, – honest about some of the things that happen. If, if you did something that they didn't like, they're usually going to let you know um, in a nice way and over that beer, but they're, they're probably not going to hold back. Um, if you're good friends like you and I are, sometimes you'll uh, add a little jab to it as you're going, but it's certainly something that's, I think you need more together. Talk about things like good or bad that, um, really helps you grow as an official as, as it goes on. 
Well, Max, uh, I mean, I, I think you speak for a lot of guys who who feel that way. I know football is is just different, and I know we know a lot of guys who work other sports, myself included. But yeah, there there is just something very different about football, and I'm glad I started that sport first because it definitely opened some uh, doors for me in other sports and, and just kind of got my mind on the right track versus some of the things I've heard in other sports. Not to say it's all bad, but I started uh, football, basketball, bas- baseball the same year, and I'm just really glad that football kind of really helped me early on and kind of paved my way as far as officiating went. How did you get your start in football? It's- Oh, well, I'll tell you, um, it was quite a while ago, obviously. I, um, I was still young. I, we were married a couple of years, Colleen and I. Uh, we started a family. Um, I originally started um, coaching football um, way back in the early to mid-80s. I coached football for a while at uh, Charter Oak. I coached a little bit at Baldwin Park High School. Um, just sort of lower division stuff, but I really have a love for that sport I always have. And then we got married and started a family and I kind of got away from it. So I was just looking for some way to give, get back into the sport and um, happened to come across Jack O'Kane, his name uh, in 1997 for officiating and thought I'd give it a try. Gave him a call and um, went out to my first meeting and paid my, I think at that time it was like $40 in dues. And um, yeah, and paid my $40 and went to my first meeting and um, the rest is history. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The rest is history. It's been, man, what is that? I'm not good at math, Max, but 20 something years now you've been officiating. Yeah, I I can't believe how fast the time has gone. I I remember um, just this last couple of seasons, I was talking with Art Andrade, who is a good friend of ours. um, And I remember when I first started, and I was thinking, God, it's only been, I think I've only been at it 16 or 17 years. And then we talked about it and I was like, oh my Lord, it's been over 20 years that I've been doing it already. So yeah, it's uh, time sure flies. I'll tell you that. No kidding. Uh, well, well, Max, as you kind of started out, was it, was it what you thought it would be? Because a lot of guys go in, there's some guys who are like, I don't know anything about this. Let's just see what happens. And they're, they're really coachable, we'll say. But when you started, did you have this attitude with, of, yeah, I've been around football before. I bet I can do this. And then you were kind of thrown into it and you're like, oh man, I didn't know anything. What was kind of the early impact uh, of you diving in? Kind of what was your attitude and some things you learned right off the bat? Yeah, um, I, it was quite a bit different. I, I, it was different than I thought it would be because as when you go from coaching or playing and into officiating, you really have to look at it. Um, in a different way, which I wasn't prepared for. I thought I was prepared for, but I really wasn't. <laughs> so um, the expectations I thought were a little bit um, different than what I'd hoped for. But if you, I, I've always loved the sport, as I said. And so I, I sort of dove right into it. I'm not, and even after 23 years, I've never been a giant quote the rule book type of guy. I've kind of always worked my way through it. Um, read the rules and certainly know the rules, but maybe not be able to quote every line and every paragraph of it. So I just kind of did it by feel. And that, those first couple of years to sort of get the hang of it were rough. Um, in those days, it was a much different um, part of it than it is these days. There was not as many schools um, at that time. We were, they were only doing four-man mechanics for high school, just starting the, to put in a back judge for five-man. 
And um, there were a lot of guys doing it. Most of them were either um, police officers, firefighters, or teachers, because they always had afternoons off to be able to do it. So um, it was really a different dynamic. Um, it was very hard to get up, move up um, until you had a few years under your belt. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a transition, but uh, a pleasurable one, one that I enjoyed. Do you remember your, your very first varsity game and kind of what that was like? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you a little <laughs> bit about it. It was um, back then you didn't get varsity games really till sometimes your fourth or fifth year before you even got a single varsity game. But we used to always um, try to go and watch the veteran guys. In those days, there were quite a few veteran guys that were doing uh, Division three, Division two, And um, we had a fair amount of Division one college football um, guys working in our high school unit. So there would be uh, Thursday night games. Um, there were only used to be a couple, maybe two or three Thursday night games. And some of us younger guys, if you wanted to move up, used to go and watch the game. So I would always bring my uniforms, as was um, custom back then, to make sure your uniform was always in your car. And I was out in my third year at Covina District Field to observe some of our better officials. Um, and one of them had a car accident and wasn't able to make it. And I'm going to... I'm gonna um, unabashedly drop a few names for you, but the guy that um, had an accident was Al um, Corey, who oh. was a bowl official and college division one college official for many years. He was supposed to work the umpire position. Um, and I, in my third year was nowhere near an umpire at five foot, nothing and a hundred <laughs> nothing pounds. So they asked me if I had my uniform. I told them I did. They, um, I went out to my car and um, put it on. They made me a back judge. Um, and that game, Al, or Pete Gotro was the referee. Um, Vern Sparling, who also worked quite a bit of Division One, was supposed to be the back judge. And he actually moved into umpire, which was very funny. And, um, and Al Lozano um, was working one of the sides. I can't for the life of me remember who the other side was, probably because I was scared to death. And uh, <laughs> I worked the back judge that game. I did not throw a single flag. I ran as fast as I could like a rabbit from side to side to try to retrieve balls and just um, try to get a feel for it. And uh, it was one of the most memorable games I ever had. Oh, well, that's great stuff. Yeah, right place, right time. I, I don't think people understand that, you know, in officiating, that's, that has a lot to do with it. And that's, that's one of many examples where that has happened. It happened to me. It wasn't my first game, but I happened to be watching. And, yeah, I had my gear. And, and you just never know uh, wh what's going to happen when you're going to get your opportunity. Sounds like you made the most of it. And you were surrounded by some just unbelievable veterans that probably made it a lot easier. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. It was – it was kind of a double-edged sword, right? I mean, I had great guys around me, so I didn't really have to overextend myself or because I wasn't maybe quite ready as I should have been. Um, even though you study a lot, there's nothing like being on that field for the first time in a larger game. And on the other side is I took – I had to buy the round of beers afterwards, and I, for years, took a razzing about how I just ran around. I looked like I was running around with a chick when my head got off the whole game, uh, <laughs> trying to over-hustle, but uh, – yeah, it was, I was very lucky in that respect. It was a great experience and kind of, uh, kind of launched my career, so to speak, you know? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What do you mean you used to run around with it like a chick? What do you mean you used to overhustle? What, what is the talk of the past? I've worked many games with you, Max. I, I, <laughs> okay, I'm only kidding a little, but still. <laughs> well, I used to, 
See, I'm always, I'm always happy, Matt, that I can still entertain you after all this time. You know, I'm, I'm much older now, and I only run around three quarters of the time now, not the whole time. I think you, you need to apologize to me on that. It's been a few years since we worked together, but I will say this. I have a story. I don't know if you remember this, Max. Uh, there was a game. Uh, first of all, you probably had never met this guy, Matt Hurstman, comes along, uh, you know, in 2000, whatever it was, seven. I think it was somewhere around 09, and uh, you were referee. First, I believe it was your very first white hat in a varsity game at Chino Hills High School, and, and I was the back judge. And in that game, uh, our umpire went down. And <laughs> you went down, got injured. You turned and you looked at me and you're like, uh, you're going to have to go to umpire. Like you were panicked a little bit. And I was like, sure, man, no problem. I got this. <laughs> I jumped in there and uh, the game, you know, ended up being fine. But we worked that game four man, Chino Hills and maybe Colony, I think it was. But yeah, I believe I was the back judge on your very first varsity white hat game. Do I remember that? You're 100% correct. And of, co of course I remember that because uh, your lovely father, who's a, a very nice man, by the way, Dave, decided that he would take sit up in the stands and take pictures of us, which I still have on this computer. One of these days, I'll, I'll make me a scrapbook of it. But yes, I remember the guy's name that went down was Daryl Smith, an older guy with a knee injury. And uh, yeah, I was, uh, needless to say, I was a little bit panicked because I, I, I knew who you were, but we weren't as close as we nearly became later uh, in the later years. And yeah, I had no idea if you could handle even what you were doing, besides <laughs> the fact that you were moving forward. And I, of course, um, Daryl Smith was a, a longtime baseball and football guy, not the most mobile gentleman I ever met in my life, but certainly a good official as far as rules go. So I was really hoping to lean on him to keep me out of any trouble. So when he went down, all I had was you to keep me out of trouble. And yeah, to say I was not confident would be an understatement. <laughs> if I'm the voice of reason, we're probably in trouble. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Uh, but, but that's a good point as well, Max. Like you, you don't, you do all this training, you do all this preparing and talking, but once the ball is kicked off, anything can happen. And in that case, something we weren't necessarily expecting happened and the game goes on. You got to find a way to adapt and for us to continue to do a good job and sometimes have to do an even better job when we're shorthanded. So anything can happen. And I think that's something, especially in football that I learned over the years that uh, it's good to prepare, but you've got to really be ready for anything. Uh, no doubt about it. It's um, again, I, uh, my experience is only in football, but I believe it's unique in that way. Yeah. And the fact that you have other guys out there, it's a real sort of camaraderie team Thing that you have to do and really once you're out there and the ball's kicked off no matter if you thought they were the greatest official or maybe a person just learning or coming up you guys got to all come together and make the best of it and in those situations when you don't know what will happen or somebody that goes down that is a veteran person you really learn a little bit about what you can do as, a, as an official and as a person and what the guys around you can do and I really think Maddie over the years as we've gotten to know each other I think that was a good leap off point for us we understood that no matter what could happen that at least if we had the two of us there we would find a way to to get it done and do a good job and do the best job that we could and and learn to trust the person that's across from you i think that's a big part of it we we have worked uh playoff games uh across from each other as as you know kind of line of scrimmage officials we've also worked uh, a playoff game 
uh, sideline partners when the CIF went to seven man mechanics in, in, uh, I know in, where this is going in this, <laughs> in the semis in the final. And you know what, Max, there is, I don't know. I think I, I surprise a lot of people, uh, not, not from how great I am or anything, but how I, I just, I'm, I'm very different once the game starts. I, I just, I don't know if it's a game face. I'm a, I, I'm a lunatic. Like I want things to go right way. And I just, uh, I've been known to yell a few things on a field and, and I do remember work. It was very cold. And, and uh, you know, if I'm arguing with you or trying to excuse my behavior, I was simply trying to stay warm that night by screaming across the field and, and doing the things I was doing. Do you remember this game? Well, yeah. Uh, do I remember this game? Yeah. There's, there's always in, in any career or in any longevity or anything, there's always a few things that stand out. And this one will always be one that comes up in any conversation I ever have about football. It was freezing. We were up in the high desert. Um, we went up there. It was a seven man crew. Um, we were working together on the sideline, which it wasn't that unusual for us to work together, but you seemed especially wound up that night for some reason. I, we had a, uh, a crew that was good, but maybe not as perfect as maybe we would have wanted it to be. And you were already on a rampage when we were on our way up there. Um, we, we dressed in a nice warm house of a friend of ours, but we went out to the game and it was, it was cold out there. Mm -hmm. You were already on uh, in your game face during pregame. So by the time we hit the field, you were, uh, you were in, in, in rare Matty form. So um, I was and not in my usual form. I was trying to be calmer because mostly I was freezing and trying to get my, um, my sea legs under me, so to speak. And we were probably, I don't know if you remember this, Maddie, but in my mind, we were maybe two series into the game before you absolutely lost your mind. You were not happy with what was going on on the other side of the field with our other two officials over there. And you rushed onto the field by somewhere around the top of the numbers and screamed across the field at those guys. Um, what was screamed, I probably don't want to rehash here, but I, I think I lost my mind. I had never laughed so hard in my whole life. You, your face was red, your back was straight. Um, you, if you could have ran all the way across there and grabbed one of them, you probably would. I'm glad you restrained yourself at the numbers, but it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen on a football field. You know, there's, there's no one harder on officials than other officials. And when we are trying to do a, a good job, I think we all want to have this uh, standard of excellence, this bar that's set. And when, when people aren't kind of doing things that should be pretty simple that make us all look bad. Uh, yeah, I, I get a little, I get a little hot at times <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was, I was amped up for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you restrained me a little bit because you were like, Matt, Maddie, hey, 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 settle down. It's okay. I'm like, no, it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just assumed you were on your way to the other side of the field. So when you got to the numbers and I yelled and you stopped, I was, uh, I was very grateful because during a playoff game, the last thing you want to see is two officials, one tackling another one as he's swinging <laughs> across to the other side of the field. Just, just a side note on that. I, I agree that maybe we, we're all kind of hard on each other and we all want to do a good job, especially in a playoff game. But if I remember correctly, those two teams were running the football and you were in a deep official. I don't, I don't quite understand why you were so keyed up on the sixth play of the game, but I, uh, 
it was, it was certainly, it was certainly entertaining. So <laughs> yeah, who knows, Max, who knows? Uh, I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm almost like a football coach that way. I think where I, I find something to complain about or something to yell about uh, what it seems anyway. Uh, I've had my fair share of working with good partners and good crews and not to say I didn't disagree with guys on cruise at times or be upset. And just like, I'm sure there were guys upset at me, but uh, yeah, to, to each his own, I guess we all carry ourselves uh, a little differently. I know guys like you would always be like, Matt, Hey, this isn't baseball. Settle down. I'm like, this has nothing to do with baseball. This is just, uh, you know, an intensity. I think we need to carry right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I agree every game's important, but you, you might not need to bring that intensity to a, to the, uh, <laughs> to the La Puente Bassett game on down number one. I mean, you might need to just let it, let it play out a little bit for you there, my friend. Hey, Hey, the, the, that, that, that's a big game uh, for those players and their, and their kids, uh, you know, in the stands. So, uh, you know, every, every year that game's important as well. So uh, I agree. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, well, Max, you, you've had the opportunity, you've worked a couple different finals uh, for the Foothill Citrus unit, which is the unit you and I were both a part of. Um, you also are a guy who has worked college football. You work primarily community college. And, and for those that, you know, maybe just, oh, it's just community college. No, in Southern California, it's not just community college. It's some of the best talent I think you'll see uh, in the entire country of teams that or players that are not at the Division I level. Most of these guys are Division I caliber players. Uh, for anybody that's seen kind of the Netflix documentary, Last Chance You, you can tell that there are good athletes, good coaches uh, all over the country at the community college level. So what ultimately made you dive into officiating at the community college level? Was it just kind of like, hey, this is the next challenge for me? Or did you kind of put it off a while? Tell me about kind of your, your, uh, your rise into college football. Absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, it was a little, it was kind of a combination of both, actually. And I have to agree with you that I, I think Texas and California are probably some of the best um, junior college football there is around. There's a lot of talent, and it doesn't always make it to the Division Two, Division One level um, for lots of different reasons, grades or whatnot. So there's a, a lot of Division One major talent on the junior college level um, for various reasons. Um, I actually started in junior college. I did it twice. So I started off maybe my eighth or ninth year. Uh, maybe it was later than that. Maybe even 10 years into my high school career, I started doing um, some junior college ball um, at the behest of some of the college officials that we had in our unit. Um, it was probably 2000 and I want to say maybe 2007 or 2008. And I just started and started doing some, some deep, um, some deep sideline work with them. Really enjoyed it, um, enjoyed the competition, enjoyed the speed of the game, which was quite a bit different from what I was used to seeing in high school. And I did it about maybe four or five years, and then I stopped. I, I, my, my family was growing, and I had my girls were growing up, and they were starting their sporting careers um, in their respective places. And it was important for me to be home on Saturdays and coach their teams and watch their games. So I stepped away for about 12 years and I didn't go back to it until, um, until much later when my kids were already grown and off to college um, to do their thing. I was able, I was lucky enough to um, know quite a few people still in the college uh, game 
they uh, offered me a spot to come back. Um, Jim Johnson was uh, real big in that area to get me a, a spot back on one of his crews. And I stopped, I started working field judge about uh, seven years ago, back in junior college ball. Um, I loved it. Um, and again, one of those things, right place, right time type of thing. I worked deep for a couple of years on a couple of different crews. And then um, there was a referee spot that opened up and I um, worked real hard to try to do some um, sub work on refereeing for a couple of years. And I was able to get my own crew. And I've had my own crew in college ball, um, JC ball now for about four years. This would have been my fifth. And I really enjoy it. The college game um, is challenging. It's um, fast. It's uh, a, a quite a bit more work as far as prep wise goes than high school. But really just in most cases, a fun Saturday to spend together um, with seven guys that you really enjoy. Um, you have the same seven guys they recruited by me. I um, am the lead on those and I run them. We break down film much more than we do in high school. And it's um, the skill level is just so much higher than what you're used to. You, uh, it seems like every other Saturday you're seeing something that just takes your breath away, these, these athletes and what they can do. So I, I really enjoy the challenge. I've, uh, and I, I'm going to stick with that for quite a few years if they'll have me. <laughs> I, I think the word challenge is, is a good word to use for it because uh, it's managing personalities. It's managing people that uh, at the, on the coaches who, you know, they, they make quite a bit more money than they do in high school. Uh, it's their full-time job almost uh, unlike there's a few in high school that way, but uh, in general, you know, uh, so much time is put into it. If you really take a step back and you're like, okay, this is played at a school that's, you know, maybe smaller than a PAC 12 school and there's no one in the stands, but man, there's, there truly is some PAC 12 level talent out there. And yeah, I was always amazed. My first college game, I, I thought I knew what to expect, but I went out there and saw the level of players. I was like, Oh, this is totally different. Big dudes, fast dudes, uh, guy. I mean, just everything was like so much different. And uh, I had to keep telling myself, okay, this is just football. This is just go back to basics and carry yourself that way. So uh, you kind of touched on it, Max, some of the kind of the differences. Do you carry yourself different at all on Fridays versus Saturdays? Do you kind of have a different attitude or mindset when you go into a high school game on Friday night and then maybe a college game on Saturday afternoon? Um, yes, uh, no doubt about it. And in high school ball, uh, you're, um, you're, you have to be a leader and you have to be a strong presence out there, but you also have to be a mentor and a teacher of a little bit. Um, you're talking about um, high school kids anywhere from 15 to 18 years old. They're still um, kids and they're still learning and they're still growing. So I spend a lot more time on my Fridays, Thursdays and Fridays, sort of mentoring and helping out. Um, trying to be a leader, but also trying to, trying to help them educate them on a little bit. Mm -hmm. On Saturdays, you're talking about grown men. This is grown men playing football. So uh, um, although you still do a little bit of mentoring on there, you definitely carry yourself in a different, in a different, you have a different mindset to it. You have to be stronger. Um, the college game, if they notice that you have any weakness at all, or you're insecure in any way, they'll, <laughs> they'll jump on it right away. Coaches and players. So you really want to try to keep your, uh, make sure that you understand that you're dealing with adults, with men, 
and you want to talk to them in a way that they'll respect. And if you do that with them, um, you'll get a lot better results than any flag or any other thing that you do there. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a game played by adults. It's quicker, faster, stronger. Um, I, I'm a lot like you. I'm not the biggest stature guy ever at only 5'8". So when I go in there to talk to a, you know, a 6'5 or a 6'6", 320 pound lineman, I better have my, um, I better have my game face on or I'm going to be in trouble. See, Max, that's, that's where I got it from, is working uh, JC football all these years. Uh, it, it took me a little bit of time, but I started to bark back at guys and, and stand up for myself. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's quite odd. I t- I'll tell people this. It's a very odd feeling when you are screaming at, as you just mentioned, a, a young man who's six foot five, three plus. Uh, and it, it, it's, it was always hilarious when, you know, you, you, you get into them a little bit, scream at them for doing something. And they turn and yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking, man, this guy could kill me with, with one arm <laughs> tied behind his back. But uh, th- there is that respect still of, you know, you got to bring that energy too. Uh, you can't, Hey, knock it off guys. Hey, stop. No, they don't respond to that. And, and nobody does in that environment. You got to amp it up a little bit. And so, yeah, like you're saying, going into the middle of things, uh, there's a time and a place for everything. I'll say that. Does that sound pretty accurate? It is that I, I mean, it, it's something that you have to experience. It's very difficult to teach in a classroom, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something that is, uh, is amazing. So I'll tell you a funny, I'm going to tell you a quick story. First, I'm going to, I'm going to game drop on you and then I'm oh, going to tell you a funny story, but I had the pleasure of working the California state championship game a few years ago. I was selected to fly up to Sacramento and work the division one open final, which is the highest level we have in California. Um, it, the game was between um, a couple of old and amazing programs. Um, the De La Salle in Concord, um, which everyone is aware of from the movie and um, modern day, which is a giant powerhouse down here in Southern California. I was working um, on the line of scrimmage and there were no less than probably 20 to 25 division one players on that field at that day. Mm-hmm. I was working the sideline at modern day and um, uh, the lineman, the tackle that was on my side was six, eight and 330 pounds, just a big kid, um, 17 years old, but just a giant kid. And the guy he was playing against uh, De La Salle was probably about five ten and about 200 pounds soaking wet. And every time that guy would go to rush, this big guy would hold him, was holding him on the line. Now, was there a giant advantage gain? No, I didn't throw a lot of holding fouls on him, but I was getting pretty irritated that he was holding this, this young guy. So I did throw a flag on him finally, and I went into report, and we had a little downtime, and I went up to the player, and I got close enough to him where I was, you know, maybe a foot away, and he's looking down at the top of my head. I'm probably looking at the middle of his chest. And I said, why are you holding that guy? You're twice his size. Stop holding him. You don't need that advantage. Just move your feet and I won't call holding on you. And he kind of smiled at me and patted me on the top of my head like I was a two-year-old and said, yes, sir, don't worry, sir. And it was funny and the most humbling thing I ever saw, him patting me on the head like I was an infant. I walked away thinking, Jesus, this guy, this guy is, um, he might respect me, but I think he still thinks that I'm in junior high. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. I mean, the, the size of some of these kids you see, you're like, 
and this is high school or this is junior college. Like there's a whole nother couple levels of size out and speed out there, which is just crazy to think about. So uh, it, it's unbelievable the talent you see out there, Max, and, and trying to control it, trying to keep it all organized and, and in order, if you will. Uh, the law and order that we have to uh, keep out there is, uh, is a challenge and, and it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, I, I think we're on the same page there. Uh, let me ask you, Max, with, with this whole COVID uh, changing kind of the upcoming sports seasons, high, in California, high school football has been pushed back to late December, early January. And I know, I don't know the exact dates, but I know that community college football is being pushed back to the spring. There's always been, at least in recent years, the shortage of officials. And there's a big reason that guys work Friday and then Saturday, right, with the, with the college and everything. But do you think... I mean, what are your initial thoughts about football being moved? Not, you don't have to get into the, the politics of it and all that, but just the, the fact that kickoffs are going to be happening after Christmas, basically, and you're going to have uh, football going well into March this year. Yeah, Maddie, I, I think that is a real concern for all of us, honestly. Um, as most officials, uh, we're sort of creatures of habit. We do things in a structural way. We, we start at a certain time. We get our mindset ready. We get our, our bodies ready. Um, and we're ready to work in the fall. Um, this COVID, unfortunately, has changed um, the world and everything around it as we know it. And high school football and college football along with it. So um, we are going to have a tough time, I believe, in January. Tougher than we normally do on our fall season. There's been a unfortunate shortage of officials and it's been trending that way for probably the last five or six years um, being around the leadership of um, football officials and football units it's been a real concern and not something that's going to go away easily the fact that um, we're moving closer to other sports in january in a season and a time that we're not familiar with um, having guys that do not just multiple days, Fridays and Saturdays, as far as high school and college, but also multiple sports. A lot of officials um, do football, they do basketball, they do baseball, they do all the seasons in conjunction. So those challenges that are going to happen in January and February, how they spread out the seasons is going to be very difficult. Um, a lot of us that, have, that do it and love it are not exactly spring chickens anymore. So the, to run the seasons that close together in that short of a time span is also going to be a challenge. And honestly, I'm concerned about how um, our mental and physical preparation will be in the January months because there will be holidays and, and things when we're usually done and we, we tend to slack off a little bit and have our, our winters off. So now we won't be able to. So <laughs> I think the COVID from an officiating standpoint is going to be um, as much of a challenge or as not more of a challenge than anything we've ever faced before. Again, as we talked earlier, you know, in the, in the show here about preparing for things and then things change like sudden things. This, this is exactly kind of what we're talking about when you're used to playing August through, uh, you know, early December. And now that's going to get changed. The, the, the other odd thing to think of is not this season, Max, but next season. I mean, you finish up in March and then you got to play again in August. I mean, unless they kind of move it around uh, a little bit more, push it back. I don't know. But I, I am glad at least California is trying to play football rather than just cancel it all altogether. Um, 
and I know there's a bunch of challenges. I know there's health concerns and, and all this. Football has kind of been under attack a while now, even before COVID. So this is just one more obstacle. And, and for those of you like, for those of us like you and I, who love the game, who love the relationships, uh, who just love what football uh, does for people, I mean, this is just one more obstacle that we got to get through. And, and it really, I hate saying this, oh, we're all in this together. That's kind of a cliche thing. But we really do, if we want this season to happen, uh, and I'm saying we because even though I don't officiate anymore, I, I still kind of feel a part of it all. Uh, you know, we have to work together to really make sure this goes off. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be uh, problems. I'm, I'm sure of it. But I think if we kind of keep a positive outlook about it, there can be a season. And I'm hopeful that we get through both seasons here in the upcoming uh, late winter and early spring. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I realize that you don't officiate with us or as much anymore as you once did. But as you know, once once you're sort of in the officiating fraternity, you, you hardly ever get out. Your opinions and, and your thoughts matter um, because you've been in the trenches with some of us. So I, I understand that. We, um, I, I, don't, I don't know where we go from here. I think um, I, I'm quite a bit older than you. So I've seen a lot of changes just in life in general over the last 57 years. And I just, I just am unsure of, of the new direction of things are going. All things in life, football and everything else have to evolve. That's just part of life. But this has kind of given us a force thing that we've never seen before. And how we respond to something this quickly and this fast, I think will give us a real telltale sign about where we end up within the future. Um, football has been something that's been um, changing the last few years. It's been more in the spotlight um, just for the uniqueness of how it's played. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, good that comes from the game, a lot of life lessons that come from the game, but certainly there are some things that have um, affected people in a negative way and that needed to be addressed that hadn't been addressed for many years. Um, this is just another one of those challenges. And it is kind of a cliche to say we're all in this together, but if we don't all come together and make some kind of mutual understanding about how all this is going to play out, not just for this season, but for seasons that go, I really think that this is, a, is going to be a, one of the major pivoting points in, in football and in sports in general. Um, how we respond and what we do moving forward, I think, will have a big impact. Yes, uh, it's going to be different, if, and we got to be able to adapt to a little bit. I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like as far as, you know, wearing masks or, or you know, if the shortened games. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. And, and moving forward, hopefully, as to get, you know, the football family, if you will, uh, will we'll work together, even though there might be some uh, disagreements. Well, well, Max, let's talk about your actual family. Now, we've talked a lot about your football family and, and all this and that, but, you know, uh, your, your lovely wife, Colleen, who, who I only – uh, talk with you really because she is a way cooler person than you and I still don't understand what she sees in you but you've been happily married a long time now you have some wonderful kids I mean tell me a little bit about the uh, the Hernandez family and just how things have been the past few months and what everyone's up to these days yeah um, yeah thank you because everyone always likes Colleen more than me and rightfully so honestly yeah. she's She's a, she's a much better person than I am. So, um, yes, we have, uh, we have been together, uh, 34 years. It was 34 years in March. So we've been, we've been, uh, married a long time. Wow. Um, we met 
we were still young. We got married at 23 years old. Um, I met her um, back, uh, I want to say it was 1982 or 1983. It was quite a while ago. I was um, still trying to be a football player. Um, I played at Charter Oak High School, and then I played a little bit at Citrus College. Um, I had a good friend of mine that um, was a um, manager at the Del Taco that was literally right across the street from Citrus College. And I've been a person that always worked my whole life since I was 15 years old. Um, but when I was playing football at Citrus, I wasn't able to work as much. So he told me that I could work on, sa- on weekends there or at nights, be like a little general manager and work there. And Colleen was actually working there as a taco girl. In those days, you could use that term, taco girl. She was working there. She worked the taco bar area. And so um, I met her at Del Taco, believe it or not. She was working her way through college at the time. And uh, we just sort of hit it off. Um, She was in a very serious relationship with a guy that she had been um, dating since her high school years, about five or six years. And I think she kind of saw me as um, somebody that was, how do I put this nicely, Um, was sort of outside of the box. I was not sort of your run-of-the-mill average you know, nine to five type of guy was a little bit wilder in those days. As most of us 1980 or 1970, late 70s, early 80s football players were. So um, we hit it off. Um, I was, I I dated her um, for about two years before I asked her to marry me. Um, She uh, was a a Catholic girl um, raised in um, that St. Louis. Uh, She went to Pomona Catholic. Um, She was a very straight lay, straightforward, just a sweet gal. What she saw in me is anybody's guess. And um, there's been a lot of guesses over the years and all the people that met her, especially in my football officiating career. But uh, yep, we got married in uh, 1986 and um, the rest is history. Um, Man, it's, it's great stuff. Great. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And so I got to ask, because I would think you, 34 years, you guys have had to do this maybe one time. Have you guys ever on the anniversary gone uh, Del Taco and, and got a meal together? Just like, you know, I don't know, sentimental reasons? <laughs> uh, yeah, we still, um, <laughs> we still have a, a uh, affinity for going to Del Taco. Um, maybe not in the way we once were. I, I, don't, I used to lock her in the freezer quite a bit. Uh, that was my way of flirting. I, they're, they're not allowing me in anymore. It's just locker in the walk-in freezer anymore, which is disappointing. But uh, uh, yeah, we, um, we, still, um, we still reminisce about that quite a bit. It's, a, it's always a funny story when we talk about our days when we were working there. It was, uh, I did quite a few things to try to catch her attention in those days. And uh, it's, uh, it's a good one. But yeah, so yeah, we do spend a lot of time doing that. Well, it worked, man, whatever you did. And, I, and again, I, I kid, I tease, but uh, she's wonderful. She's hung out with us a few times after games and stuff. So it's always good seeing her and, uh, and, and the entire family. How, how are the kids these days? What are they up to? Yeah, so uh, if you'll allow me, I'll brag on my kids a little bit because um, I'm very, very proud of them. I've been very lucky. Again, I, I had Colleen, and, and, uh, and she's just a, a special person. She was after we even got married, she ended up staying in college. She got her degree from Laverne University. Um, and she's, she's just a very smart, very sweet person. So we had actually had kids right away. Um, one of the things I always was about when I was growing up is I, I, I never really dreamed about being sort of rich and famous and what I wanted to do. Uh, my family is a very close-knit family. 
I have um, three um, brothers and sisters, and we're all still very close up to this day. And so one of the things I, I only wanted to do was get married and have a family of my own, have a house and a family of my own. And I was lucky enough to find a woman that shared that dream. So we got married and um, literally a year and a half later, we had our first um, child, Jessica. Um, she, um, and then 17 months later, we had another child. It was another girl, um, Danielle. Um, we didn't waste any time, needless to say. Um, <laughs> I always wanted to have a boy because again, I'm sort of a big sports guy and all this stuff. So when we had the two girls so quickly, Colleen kind of wanted to stop, but I was, uh, I was desperate to have a boy. So we read a lot of books and we, um, we did a lot of interesting positions, but we, we tried it and we, we found a way. And five years later, I had my son, um, Max Jr. or Max the third. So we have three, um, beautiful kids. They're, um, they're all grown up now. Um, Jessica is uh, 31 years old. Um, she, they all went to college, which was great. Jessica went to college at uh, Cal State San Bernardino. She uh, was originally going to be a marketing and communications um, major, but as luck has it, um, the government um, came calling on a scholarship there for things to do um, to work for the U.S. government, and um, Jessica qualified for a $50,000 scholarship, she, um, which took her career in a whole different path. When she graduated, she actually got a job with the Department of the Treasury in Washington, DC. Um, one of the toughest days in my whole life was having to take my 22 year old daughter across the country and drop her off in DC where she had to work. Um, we didn't know anybody there. Um, she got herself a one bedroom apartment and she worked um, across the country there in the Department of Treasury for um, five years. And um, her job was to run up and down um, Capitol Hill and get funding for cybersecurity. Um, a lot of you guys know what VeriSign is. Um, that was one of Jessica's pet um, programs. It was VeriSign um, through Congress. Um, she was able to get passes to get in and out of the White House. Um, I was, she still has that kind of clearance. Um, and we've been to DC many times since then. Um, it was a great five years, but after that, we were happy to have her move home. She moved, um, she moved back to San Diego. Um, she got married in 2016. Um, she left um, the Treasury Department when she moved back there, and now she works for the Department of Defense in cybersecurity for mostly naval bases. Wow. Um, she's able to root remotely from home. And um, in 2018, I had my first grandchild that she gave me. And just this last March in 2020, I had my second grandchild. So I have two, two grandchilds that she gave me. Um, she's just, uh, my <laughs> oldest one's just an amazing kid. Wow. Grandpa Max, that's uh, hard, still hard to believe. Yeah, me too. Although when I look <laughs> in the mirror and I see all that gray hair, it's uh, not quite as hard to believe as it once was. So um, I was able, my second daughter, uh, my second child, uh, Danielle, is, uh, she is a lot like her father in that way. She is a, I was worried about having a son, but my, my middle daughter is a crazy sports nut. Um, we do, uh, she's a Dodger Rams fan like her father. We do all the sporting events together. She is just an absolute sports fanatic, and her and I are, are so connected in that way. She is a graduate, went to, uh, went to UC Irvine. She is a mechanical engineer um, and a systems uh, analysis person. She works um, in, she's got a job working for Decumbent Engineering, 
and she works on, she's the lead engineer on Apache helicopter blades for the <laughs> army. Um, she also works on the, um, she worked on tow missiles for the army as well. Um, at 30, um, just turned 31 years old. She's the youngest lead engineer for the army um, that they've ever had. So it's, she's uh, quite a superstar um, in the engineering world. So very, very proud and very happy of her. She still lives locally here in Pasadena. So I'm able to see her um, a lot more than I do um, the one in San Diego, although not far away. It's just not as often as I would like. So, sure. and my son, I have my, my son who I was dying to have a son and I'm very proud of him, but he did not turn out to be the sports nut that I thought he would be as, <laughs> as the fate would have it. Um, my two daughters who are very into sports, my son is uh, a great guy, but a very laid back human, a lot like his mother, very kind hearted, very easygoing, but uh, not much of a sports guy. I was looking forward to, to doing football things with him. He played, um, I think one and a half years, at um, Altaloma High School where he went, but he just just wasn't into it that much. Just not, not doesn't have that real um, fiery competitive drive that the other two of us have. He's a, he's a much calmer, much kind-hearted person like his mother. Um, he is a, he went to school and came out with a culinary um, certificate and he wants to be a sous chef. He is a line cook and in a, at the Langham Hotel, he works at one of the higher end um, restaurants over there at the Langham Hotel as a cook. Um, and although the COVID has come along and he has um, been put on a leave of absence, um, that's what he loves to do. You know, he's 25 years old and, and just, just a great kid. So very <laughs> proud of all three of them. Well, well, Max, it's a tribute to you and Colleen, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, they, they've, they've gone on to do what they want and they've excelled at them. Man, some pretty amazing things there with your daughters. And then, uh, you know, Mac, is it Max, uh, Max the third, your son? It is. Okay. I am um, in, 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 uh, in Mexican families. If you name them without a number behind their name, everyone just calls them junior. And so they lose their name and they call him Junior. Everything's Junior. I did not want my son to be called Junior. I wanted him to be called by his name. So I didn't name him Max Junior. He's actually, I'm actually Max the second named after my father. And he's actually Max the third. So yes. <laughs> That's great. There's uh, your dollars, uh, three. Yeah, all the Max Hernandez is uh, running around the world. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> crazy stuff. Well, well, I mean, you, you should be proud. Uh, they're all doing great things uh, and, and uh, really blossom into uh, great adults here. And uh, yeah, the, the, the future is bright for, for the Hernandez grandkids. I mean, man, uh, what, what a time. It's, even though this 2020 is crazy, it sounds like you have a lot of blessings, Max, and your three kids and now even grandchildren. Uh, you and Colleen married all these years. I mean, you got to be just uh, uh, really happy unless you're working a football game with me. Yeah, I mean, one time, one time away from you screaming across at other <laughs> officials and just coaches in general, um, once I get away from that field, my life is, is pretty good. I, I, in, all, in all seriousness, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I'm very, very blessed to have what I have. Um, we um, started off in my father and my mom started off with tough times. And, and we were, uh, you know, like all families in the 60s, we're struggling along, but We've uh, really moved the line forward. I'm very proud to say my kids have moved the line forward. And I think, um, I think the future is bright for all of us. So 
Oh, amen to that, man. Well, uh, my best to all of them for sure. Uh, kind of one final thing here, Max, as we kind of wrap it up. I don't want to eat up too much more of your time. But, uh, you know, professional sports coming back. I mean, we've had all this time off from, from sports. Um, I know you are a very big Rams fan. That is kind of a big reason you and I stay in touch. Uh, you've been, uh, you know, very gracious in, in allowing, you know, me to come down to the, the Coliseum and, and hang out with you for a Rams game. Uh, you know, you, you've been there since they came back in 2016. So kind of before we go into other sports, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on your Los Angeles Rams coming home four years ago and just what it's been like to have them back in Los Angeles? So, yeah, um, I have been a, a Ram fan for all, all of my life. I, I just, it was one of those things. We, my grandparents lived close to Dodger Stadium and the Coliseum out that way. And our family has always been big Ram fans. And so I kind of grew up as a Los Angeles Dodger and a Los Angeles Ram fan since the, the very early times. Um, I've been fortunate enough to see many, many games um, when I was younger. Um, uh, lots of great um, memories of the old Coliseum um, back in the early 70s when I was 10, 11, 12 years old going there, um, being able to sit at the very top, which is all we could afford in those days, a few times with my family, my grandfather, and, and seeing some of the greats, you know, um, seeing Roman Gabriel, I saw the fearsome foursome, um, the old Ram thing. So it was just a, a really special time for me in those days. Um, I knew almost everything there was to know about them as I was growing up um, loving football and followed them for a, a long, long time. Um, when they moved to Anaheim, it was a little bit tougher time for us. I wasn't a big fan of that move. Um, I was, uh, we were really big with the Carol Rosenblum when they um, owned them and we, you know, they, they were really seemed like they cared about the fans and what we were doing. Of course, you know, I was young and didn't follow all the politics of it, but when they moved to Anaheim, it was really tough for us, but we went down there and watched games there, and um, I met players and all kinds of good stuff. Um, when they left for St. Louis was very crushing for me since we were so um, invested in the Los Angeles Rams, and for quite a few years, I sort of followed them from the closet. I could not get in my head um, for them to be um, the St. Louis Rams, so I sort of followed them without wearing any of their gear or, you know, screaming their name from the rafters like I did when I was younger. Um, I was not happy about the, the move there. Of course, I still love the players and the Rams, and I watched some of their stuff, but I tried not to follow them nearly as much. So when the rumors started happening that they may come back to L.A., of course, I was excited. Um, when they came back, it was one of the best days ever. I was one of the first persons to purchase season tickets. Now that I had a few more means to me, I was older. I purchased season tickets for my daughter and I, and we've had them um, since they've been back. Um, and it's just been a, a great time. Something I can share with my daughter, with my son and my family, um, what I shared when I was younger. Um, and it's been great um, all the way up until the brand new stadium. The brand new stadium is quite a bit more expensive, and, but it looks gorgeous. And my daughter was so excited. She said, Dad, we have to find a way to get seats in the new stadium. So we um, were one of the first ones in, and we have got uh, season tickets for the new stadium, which I'm very excited about. Um, completely crushed that we can't go this year, but uh, I waited a long time for them to come back, and I'll be patient. But, uh, yeah, I have season tickets for the new stadium, and, and, uh, and I love my Rams.
Oh man. Yes. I love talking Rams football with you, Max. Uh, uh, you, you could say you're much older than I am, but, uh, the, the sentiments, uh, everything you said, I could totally relate with. I think it's so cool. You guys have season tickets, not only in the Coliseum, but now in SoFi, I'm really excited about the new stadium. Hopefully we get to get in there. Um, I will definitely be contacting you about uh, meeting up with you down there a time or two. I'm sure. Uh, wh- what are your, what are your thoughts? I know you're old school, Max. What are your thoughts on the new uniforms? Yeah, so um, I'm old school, but I also, being around football as much as you and I are, Maddie, I tend to try to keep my mind a little bit more open about it. Mm-hmm. I try not to, 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 to jump off about it. And I know there's a lot of old school Ram fans, and as soon as they were talking about changing it, they were just would not even consider it. I try to keep a little open mind on it, and I was not as excited as I probably thought I would be when I saw the new uniforms, but I got to tell you that they're, they're growing on me. They, I, I like the, I'm not, it wasn't usually a huge fan of the gradient color in the numbers and the gradient colors as they put them on the pants. But the more I look at them, the more I kind of, I, they're growing on me. I like them. Um, the main contention with everybody is always the, the style of the uniform, but the horns, the horns have been something that have been part of Ram football for as long as the, the Rams have been around. And for them to make the change on the ram um, horns on the helmet was a big, big deal. Um, I am trying to be open-minded about it. Um, I saw, I've been watching all the stuff on that comes on on YouTube and on my Twitter feed and the, the new shots of it. And it's starting to grow on me. I don't know that I'll fully embrace them for a while because the ram lo- horns are so iconic. Yeah. But they are starting to grow on me. So I'm not... I'm not one of those guys that's in complete hate about it, but I, um, I'm sort of on a wait and see attitude. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. I mean, I got enough, uh, enough gear from the old logos and everything that's fine by me, but I do like the color scheme. Um, I think it's very LA and it's very, you know, late eighties, early nineties Rams. Uh, the, the horn was a big issue for me, but again, I'm trying to be open-minded here. Uh, uh, as my dad said, my dad said something like uh, they could play naked for all I care, as long as they win games. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't True. know if I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, we'll see. I'm excited about football, football being back. Uh, there's a lot of other sports opening up. Uh, it's been an interesting uh, few weeks here with all these sports opening up. I mean, we're really, if, if football goes on as planned, the NFL uh, college is kind of uh, up in the air right now, but not only are we having an amazing August, I mean, when September rolls around, you throw football in the mix also, we are going to have just so many options, Max. I mean, we got everything right now. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a sports enthusiast, as we are, it, will be, um, it might be a little bit of sensory overload since we haven't had it in so long. But yeah, the, um, the fall uh, all the way into January is going to be an interesting time. I, I'm still, not to be a negative guy but boy there's just so many hurdles to jump over still before all this can really come to fruition but i'm i'm hoping that they'll that things will change be as safe as they can be and we'll be able to see that and yeah it's uh the football baseball nhl i mean all the things that are going on in this fall season are going to be going to be amazing i i wish uh I wish Clubhouse 66 was open and we could sit there and, and multitask. That would be a, we can scream it about all kinds of things while we're over there uh, enjoying an adult beverage. But yeah, it's going to be, the fall is going to be a, a really amazing 
time for those of us that are sports enthusiasts. Oh yeah. Well, we got to have you over to the house out here in Eastvale, Max. We've uh, it, it's kind of like the sports headquarters. Uh, definitely on the weekends, we put out extra TVs in our in our bar room with the pool table, and uh, it, it really is pretty cool uh, to watch sports. I can't believe. I mean, in in a month or so here, we're going to be able to watch the Los Angeles Dodgers, Los Angeles Kings. The Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I'm kind of mad at the Lakers right now, but you, you can watch them too. If I mean, you, all of this, and not just a short time frame like you can usually in October, but almost an entire month. It's gonna, it's gonna be unbelievable. Oh yeah, I mean, God, the the, the, LA, with the way the LA teams are playing too, I really feel like we'll we'll do pretty well. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna have to get a lot more vaccines and probably bulk up a little bit before I'm ready to hit Eastvale. That place <laughs> seems. Uh, that place seems like it's uh, it might be a little bit off the chain. It's it's looks like the old AC backyard um, on steroids, but it would probably be fun for a day or two, and then I'll I'll need a week off. I'm sure. Hey, that's fine. Hey, we'll 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 find a, a vaccine for sure. And yeah, I think I misspoke. I said the LA Kings. They they aren't playing for a while. But hockey, we got hockey, baseball, basketball, the NFL, NASCAR, golf. Uh, MMA, whatever you want. It, 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 it's something for everyone right now. And it's just crazy. It's incredible. So, uh, well, Max, I, I know uh, you probably got grandkids uh, there to, uh, who have arrived that you got to get to. So I've already taken a lot of your time. I could talk longer for you. I really could. We could talk baseball and all these other things, but uh, I'll let you get to the uh, more important things in life uh, with, with your grandkids and everything. So any, any final thoughts here, Max, and kind of as, as we wrap it up? No, I just want to say um, thank you. I was I was pleasantly surprised to get a call from you. Um, I, I when I started thinking about it when you when he said, "Hey, would you be willing to come on the the podcast?" I was thinking, "Well, what are we going to talk about?" And then I thought, "There, we've had quite a few experiences over our time together, and we could probably talk three hours on those alone." So <laughs> I was uh, I'm very honored to come on and and speak with you. I hope uh, you have much success in this. We um, I'm sure you will because you're a hard driver and things that, that uh, you seem to always make things happen, Maddie. So I'm, I'm happy for you in that way. And I'm sure this will be a success. And uh, if you ever want to do it again, yeah, we, we, there's quite a few subjects we haven't even touched on and, um, and we'll maybe do it again sometime. Oh yeah. We will get to those uh, very, very, uh, I'm already thinking of a few that we didn't get to that I'd like to cover soon. And we'll definitely chat again, maybe during football season. And we're probably going to have a lot of different football seasons <laughs> upcoming. So thank you, Max. Thank you for the kind words. Very, very, uh, very kind of you to say, very nice of you to, uh, to say, and uh, look forward to uh, having a cold one soon. I'll let you buy the first round even. <laughs> what a surprise. That'll, that'll be something new, I'm sure. So. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. All the best to you, my friend, and give all the best to you and your family, okay? All right, Max. Take care. Give my best to the family. Thanks again, Max Hernandez. That was a lot of fun catching up with you, my friend. Uh, hopefully some great times ahead here as things start to open up. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to see you and your lovely wife, Colleen, very, very soon. Maybe at HK is one of our favorite spots up there in Rancho Cucamonga. But we'll see as soon as everything settles down and opens up. And like I said, I'll let you buy the first round, my friend. Thank you for coming on and chatting some Rams football, some officiating. Uh, We will see you very, very soon. Well, guys, tomorrow on the program, we will be joined 
by Brian Marine. He currently lives out just outside of Philadelphia. He is a big New York sports fan. I met him uh, through college baseball. We umpired college baseball out here on the West Coast in California for quite some time. We worked a few games together. He now lives, uh, like I said, in the East Coast. So uh, we don't work together really anymore. But we do share a lot of uh, similar views on officiating and some other topics as well. We're going to really talk about what it was like moving for him from the East Coast to the West Coast and now back to the East Coast, kind of what that was like, maybe some of the surprises uh, in moving out here, what California was like for him being an East Coast guy, a guy who grew up in Boston and also lived a little bit in in the New York area. But like I said, we're going to talk a lot of New York sports, um, his uh, New York Giants, his uh, New York Yankees, not so much uh, his Knicks and Rangers, but uh, we'll talk a lot about all those things. He currently umpires college baseball out there in the East Coast, multiple conferences. We'll talk about all that and kind of what it's like umpiring kind of on the East Coast versus the West Coast because there is kind of a difference, just like just like there is with anything, really. I mean, anybody in any line of work, you'd be like, yeah, we do it one way on the West Coast, now we do it another way on the East Coast. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. Brian's also officiated uh, some, some high school and some uh, lower college basketball as well, so we're going to have a little bit of insight into that. But uh, just a lot of fun. We're going to talk uh, just catch up. We haven't chatted in a while. He's, uh, like I said, he's he's a father now. He's been a father for a few years. So we'll talk kind of some family life and just where he grew up on the East Coast. And of course, plenty of baseball, what COVID's been like. It's going to be a lot of fun catching up with my good friend, Brian Marine on Friday. Also on Friday, we are going to have another segment, a segment we've been doing the past two months now. We call it Suds with Studs. Maybe it's a little corny. I, I don't really care. It's just something I came up with. It's an opportunity every Friday to talk about basically heroes. Uh, whether they be in the military, whether they be in law enforcement. Our first couple we talked about were uh, people who have won the Medal of Honor. And so uh, it's kind of people like that. Uh, it's people who've been like uh, Pat Tillman. I know most people know that, uh, know who he is. I mean, last week it was Chris Kyle, the American sniper. So we just have a quick little discussion, a quick little uh, outline, if you will, about some somebody just pay respects pay tribute to them and we call it suds with studs because if it were possible if some of these people were alive they are people that we would absolutely love to sit down and have a beer with and we would not just be buying the first round but all the rounds so that's where we came up with the name suds with studs every friday at least the past eight months eight months eight weeks or so that's kind of what we've been doing so uh we'll come up with someone again on friday uh we don't know who it is as of yet but we will do some research and uh, let you guys know on friday for our segment on Fridays, Suds with Studs, before the interview with Brian Marine. Guys, if you have any suggestions for me as to who would be a good candidate for that uh, subject, for that segment, I would love uh, some feedback, some suggestions, because it isn't always easy kind of looking up all all these different uh, soldiers or law enforcement stories or anything like that. So if you have suggestions, and even somebody you might know, uh, and they wouldn't mind being talked about, I mean, I think that would be great and great opportunity to get that suggestion from our listeners. So if you have any suggestions like that for the Suds with Studs segment, please send me an email. 
uh, reach out to me any any way you'd like. Just a quick suggestion, maybe the name and, and uh, tell me to look up their information or if you have some information, that would be most helpful too. But anyway, there's plenty of ways to contact us, whether it be about the Suds with Studs segment or just in general. You have questions for me. You have some content suggestions. You have some topics that you think we should talk about. Um, we, anything you want. Like I said, uh, our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. That's the best way to send us a message, but you can also do so through our social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is gethomesafepod and our Facebook and Instagram page is gethomesafepodcast. So if you need to contact us, that's a great way to do it. You can also follow us through those social media platforms with all the upcoming guests. Again, we try to post a picture of the upcoming guest uh, the night before the episode is released, just so you guys kind of have a face with a name. We've been doing that a while now, and that seems to be a big help, gets people to tune in. We generally release our episode about 5 a.m. Uh, each day, Monday through Friday. But again, you can listen to it anytime. Uh, there's no uh, live recording or anything. And you can always go back and listen to all the various episodes we've done over the past few months. They're all there. We are well over 100 now. So uh, you go back and, and hopefully you hear some improvement over time in not just uh, my content, but also maybe some sound equipment and, and stuff like that. So anyway, all the episodes are there. Feel free to go back and listen to them. We would love to hear from you, whether it be social media or an email. And there's one more way to contact us, and that is through our Anchor uh, Anchor voice message. You can click on the green button on the Anchor app or anchor.fm where our podcast is found, and you can send us a voice message. It goes right to us. I can then put that clip in the show, almost like a caller calling into a show. Even though we're not live, I can play your voice message. You've heard that a few different times here. I'm going to continue to promote it because I want the listeners to be included here in the podcast uh, to have their voice heard uh, one way or another. Anyway, if you don't want to do that, you can also send me a voice text uh, personally to my personal phone, phone number. I can download that. It's one more step for me. But if that's easier for you guys, we would love to include you to the program that way. Well, guys, that will wrap up Thursday's episode. Thank you for joining us. It was a blast. Thank you uh, for Max Hernandez. Just so much fun catching up with, with you. And I hope we get to talk football real soon or maybe get to a Rams game. That would be a lot of fun. Guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Mm-hmm.